Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the MobileCast. We're still here in sunny downtown Denver at Bry Forum, and I have the pleasure of speaking with the founder and CEO, as well as the director of global sales of a company called Nubo that does VMI. So if you listened to last week with Justin Marston, same sort of stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Israel Lischitz, who's the founder and CEO, and Han Landau to introduce themselves, tell us a little bit about themselves, the company, and what it does. Israel. Hi, everyone. So, yeah, I'm Israel. Um, I'm the founder of uh, Nubo. I found it uh, about four years ago. And uh, before that, I found another company called Seasave. Um, that in the ITSM uh, space. Hi, good morning, everyone. Pleasure to be here in the Bryant Forum. My name is Chen Lando. I've been with uh, Nubo Software for a few months, and I had the global sales. Prior to that, I worked uh, in various fields, various companies in telecommunications and video, and a pleasure to be here. Thanks, guys. Good introduction. Now, Nubo is a one of the six companies that, uh, if you saw Jack's presentation this morning, in VMI, Virtual Mobile Infrastructure, explain to us what VMI is and your take on it. So, you know, and then we'll start with how the company is founded. But let's start with simple, quick overview of VMI. Yes, so VMI's concept is very simple. You take um, a mobile device and put it uh, virtually on the data center or on the cloud. And then you just access it from any smartphone or tablet using a sync client app uh, with a remote display protocol. So it's actually only in your mobile, it's only uh, show the, the apps that actually running on the data center. Okay. Can you want to add Yeah, great. I'll just add, um, as Israel pointed out, VMI, as you guys probably know, stands for Virtual Mobile Infrastructure. Nubu has developed a unique technology that allows you to work on your enterprise application environment in a safe, uh, remote manner. You can either run it on-premise or on the cloud. And in that way, now, workers can bring their device to the work environment, run their own personal applications, and have a complete separation between the work environment and the personal applications. So Nubo is an Israeli company. You said founded about four years ago. You came from CISA, which was an ITSM, um, IT service management company. What's the genesis of where Nubo came from and you know, what it came out of? What got you started? Um, that, um, yeah, it's an interesting uh, question because uh, it's also related to my, my previous job. When I saw um, how complicated it's in company to manage your own um, desktops and laptops in the organization. And then I saw the, um, the other solution with MDM that uh, starting to manage the mobile devices on actually on employee on devices. And uh, I saw that it would be uh, very complicated to to continue doing that now on much more devices. And probably um, enterprise mobility some, needs something else, uh, something out of the box. So uh, this way I started to think about VMI. Later, actually, I found many other details, many other uh, benefits that I... Uh, 
uh, didn't uh, thought about, uh, but uh, it's look like like very um, um, cool technology that solve lots of um, enterprise mobility problems, um, especially how you uh, manage mobile apps and security and development. So, so let's start digging into that. It's Android only. So I can't do this with iOS. I don't do this with Windows 10. Not that there are any Windows 10 apps out yet. That's not till next week. Um, but I can, you said I can put it on any device. So I can run my Android apps um, on an iOS device. And can I also do it on a Windows Mobile or a BlackBerry? Or is it just iOS and Android devices? We are currently offer a client for iOS, for Android, and also HTML5 uh, uh, app. So it's run so, on any browser. So in Windows Phone, for example, you can run it uh, from the browser. Also run it from the desktop. And we are planning uh, in the future also to add a native uh, Windows app. Right. So that's a little bit unique for you guys because you can actually run through from an HTML5 browser. Essentially, any device that can run a native HTML5 browser can uh, show uh, what you do and actually can uh, participate. Uh, yes, and it's uh, good uh, for starting. And, of course, the main part of um, one or major part of uh, VMI is sensors. So with the HTML uh, browser, we cannot um, support all sensors like we support on native. So, but it's it's very good for the start. Even in Windows and HTML, you can see uh, uh, very good. Uh, it's, it's a good starting point. And if you're on a device that's not iOS or Android, it gives you a gateway in. But you mentioned the sensors, and we're going to get to that. So let, let's actually start with the back end. What do you run this on? And how do you run it? So, you know, if I, if I look at the back end and I'm an enterprise, I'm saying, what do you look like back there? Uh, we can run on any, uh, any VM, like in VMware, VMware ESX or um, Microsoft Hyper-V. And we can also run on the cloud. So it's both on-premise and on the cloud. So when you, when you say on the cloud, AWS, you tell me, uh, Microsoft Azure? Yeah, we currently host it on AWS, so the SaaS version, it's on AWS. Um, also, there are some more private clouds, so sure. customer can select to host it in, uh, in Azure. It, in Azure, work. vCloud Air, Rackspace. You're open to nearly any platform. Any SaaS open platform, any cloud platform is in essence. There's no, no limitation in other respect. Okay, and because you can run on any hypervisor, that's what allows you to do that. Exactly. Okay, so that's the start of the back end. You're actually running a virtual Android session. Is it a shared session? Is it a single session per user? How's that work? Um, or is there a choice there? Do you do both? You know, it, it's a we we create a session on the fly while while user logged in, so it's very good in terms of resources. And the storage is is not attached to the VM, so every time the user logs in, it can use a different um, a different uh, or use a different VM. Yeah. But each user gets their own VM. 
So it, it's because I know that there's some vendors that will actually, you know, they'll share, v, they'll do multiple users using SC yeah, Linux. Yeah, we're also using uh, multiple user uh, per VM. Okay, so you can you actually do both. Correct. Yes, it's, it reduces the, um, the amount of resources that you need uh, for each user. Okay, and you're not worried about, are you using SE Linux on the back end? How, what are you using as far as your Android VM just for the perspective of what are the security risks I have from running multiple users on the same VM? Yes, we're running SE Linux and uh, we took special care to make sure that it's, will be, uh, each user will be sandboxed um, really strictly. Um, the, um, the users, many of the, our users are very security sen- sensitive, so they are checking that, that and, but they are satisfying uh, with that uh, multi-user approach. Okay, so let's talk about the client for a second. I have an, I'm working in enterprise, um, I have an iOS device, and they said, okay, you're going to use Nubo. We're going to, what gets installed on my device? Is it a client app? Is it just a launcher? What are the pieces that are there that allow me to pull it up? And then what do I see? Do I see, is it a separate app that shows up on my home screen or do I get a whole home screen? I'm actually looking at an Android launcher now. What, what's the experience for the user? Yeah, the experience is uh, very simple. You just install an app um, from the app store and don't need to um, to do all those policy uh, acceptance. It's just uh, a simple app like all your other apps. And then uh, you need to connect it um, to the server. It's also very simple. There is an activation process. It's uh, usually self-service activation. You need to put your email and, and approve it from um, another computer that is already in your network, like your local Outlook. Okay. And yeah, very much um, as Israel pointed out, you get basically, it's a simple icon, a simple application for both the Android and iOS. You download uh, the client from the App Store or Play Store. And there is one look and feel in terms of the launcher that you get. So it looks like a very native mobile experience for both the iOS and the Android. So, but it's an Android launcher that I'm getting, and I'm, I'm so all basically I open up a new screen and I see my apps. Correct. You see the work environment, the work app environment, which, by the way, looks the same for both the iOS and the Android, which is a big advantage. Because if you think about the work environment, uh, workplaces issuing devices, you want to make sure that employees have a consistent, one standard look and feel, which is one of the advantages of our clients. Uh, as part of the platform that we provide in the back end, which is, again, embedded in x86 with our flavor of Android, even though it's an Android-based platform, uh, the client translate that to one single user experience, which looks the same for both the iOS and the Android phones. Okay. And so taking that a step further, I'm assuming one of the reasons you install a client um, other than obviously you have HTML5, we mentioned sensors before. So I'm going to guess that that's to have access to the sensors that are on the device. So I guess part of my question is, what sensors, what sensors do you have access to and how are you using them? And what don't you have access to? So let's start with what you do have access to and how you use it. And Either one of you. Uh, yeah, we have access to, uh, of course, touch and, and multi-touch and rotation. Um, 
location, GPS, and the camera. And so, so let, let's break those down. I'm going to guess the microphones and obviously the speaker and, and keyboards and stuff like that. Yes. Um, Orientation-wise, I'm going to assume I'm not going to play a driving game on the uh, on your thing because you know getting all that data across can't be fun. Um, yes, no. Is it just portrait landscape as far as rotation, or is it more of the accelerometer there? Um, the Amora, we are we are trying to support all sensors. There's our intention. It can. But we don't expect. Time, yeah. Look, let's be fair here. VMI is a nascent technology and industry there's still there's going to be shakeout in the future but right now you're all trying to do similar stuff so i wouldn't expect you to support yeah. every sensor right away yeah so our intention is to, to support everything so running up in the data center the app itself will feel like it's running locally this is this is the plan uh, currently, it's almost there because all the important um, uh, sensors are already covered. And but of course, um, uh, we need to add more, like so, the NFC, for example. Yeah. As of today, uh, you pointed out correctly, it's nascent, it's a new technology. We're supporting motion, we're supporting orientation and direction, we're supporting touch, and we're supporting GPS. And we also have embedded a camera, as you pointed out correctly. Right. So let's talk about the camera. Right. Is it a pass-through camera? Is it you're taking the shot on the phone and then pushing it through? So it's, am I using the cat? you know, so if I have an app that requires camera use, is it pass-through? How's that work? You know, where's the technology? Which camera am I actually using? The local one? Is there an app I'm using from you guys that kind of proxies it? How's the camera piece work? Okay. And I... We integrate with any app, any app that needs the camera, um, feel it like it's it's actually attached to that virtual device, even if it's physically. And you can even uh, see the picture, even if it's not covering the whole screen. If it's only a window in the screen, you see that picture. Um, we're doing that by combining the... Um, the user interface and the camera. We take the camera, of course, locally, and and we uh, first uh, show it locally, so it be real time. Uh, once the user, um, but um, of course, the other display is from the from the server. Once the user click the the button of the camera, it's it depends on the app. Um, it send that uh, picture to the um, to the virtual device and delete the. Um, so it takes it locally, app. so that you don't have to worry about latency. Yes. Takes that local picture, sends, sends it, it, it and, to del and deletes the local picture, so it doesn't exist That's on right. that device. That is correct. The important thing is that any camera app, any, any camera app can work, and it looks like it's it's worked uh, locally. And how about video? Do we support video? Do we not support video in either taking video or, for example, um, Link or Skype or something like that if I'm running that in uh, your container? Okay. We, we currently support um, a more um, uh, streaming video. Like if you, have, if you run YouTube, on the virtual device it will work. You will see uh, the same movie. 
you see and hear it. So we support that video and audio. And, and we are uh, currently um, developing um, the real-time communication. It's something that is planned for next year. Okay. So let's talk about some of the important stuff. The transportation layer. How, how we talk from the client to the server and, you know, are you using, you know, let's be fair here. A lot of this stuff came out of VDI and I'm sure you guys have improved some of that, but how does that work? And then, then we're going to dig a little deeper into it, but let's start with the beginnings of that. Okay. We created our own. Wait, 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 you, what the audience, what you can't see here is the two of them are looking at each other and trying to figure out who's going to speak. And, and, and it's kind of funny to watch when you have two people here. Uh, but we enjoy it. We enjoy it. It makes, it makes it more interactive. So, so, so Israel, you were, yeah. you were saying, um, yeah, we created our own protocol. The idea is to make it, um, very efficiently. Um, especially in a wireless environment where the bandwidth can uh, vary. Sometimes you have very good uh, LP uh, bandwidth and sometimes it's, it's going down to 3G. Um, so we created our own protocol that uh, can work with even limited uh, bandwidth and still have very good user experience. And when you talk about user experiences, the best thing, the must, the things are the response time. You need, it's need to be respond with your finger, and also the quality of the um, the picture. You you don't want that the quality of the picture to um, degrade to degrade to degrade, yeah, to degrade if you have less bandwidth. Okay, so let's talk. You know, so it sounds like part of your secret sauce is you have your own transport protocol. How do you handle when you drop from 4G to 3G or switch from 4G to Wi-Fi? And, you know, so if we look at Wi-Fi, if you're not in a hotel, it's probably quite good. LTE a lot of times better, but then you can drop to 3G. And, you know, if, you, if you're in the U.S., you drop to Verizon 3G, good luck, you know, versus, you know, some of the other 3 and 4G that's out there. You know, how do you guys handle that? Uh, we are, yeah, we are... Handling it uh, first by very limiting the the bandwidth, the the bandwidth that uh, the peak bandwidth that it's acquired is only two hundred and fifty kilobit per second, which can also work on three G. Okay. Um, so if you're going for from four G to three G, it will be the same experience. We're not changing anything. If you're going even lower than that, and so we have some techniques to to have uh, delays on the refresh rate, which this can um, it can impact affect. the user experience, but it can impact. It, it works. It works, but we rarely use it. Usually, because it's only 250 kilobit per second, usually you have enough bandwidth. Correct. Yeah, and it needs to be put in a perspective in terms of the other technologies that are being implemented and employed today because, um, again, uh, there's about four or five other companies currently working on VMI. The only one that has really developed its own unique flat protocol is Nubo. 
The other technology which is prevalent, predominant, is video streaming, H.64, which requires a minimum of 1.5 up to 2 megabits. So you can understand the difference here. We're talking about a factor of about a fourth in terms of requirement of bandwidth. And in, with the right load balancing, with the right compensation, we always ensure a very low latency, very quick response time. So it really feels that you're... Even though working on a remote server, it feels really that you're working like on a local phone. What happens? So, okay, that's good. But, you know, the other piece of latency is how far you are from the server. You know, I, I travel quite a bit. And, you know, one would assume, you know, let's say I set up, I'm using your SaaS cloud and, you know, I'm running from AWS. I go visit you guys in Israel. But I'm normally in, I'm in New Jersey. That's a whole different profile from where I get. Do you move the user around? How do you handle those sorts of things and that type of latency? And you know, now I go to China or something else. I don't want. To, I need something that's usable. Uh, yes. Uh, so be, um, because uh, we are very good on every time to log in the user to a different VM, you can also doing between regions. So if you travel from US to Europe, for example. Uh, once you land in Europe, you will connect to the to the local um, Europe data center. So it automatically figures out your location and puts yes. you in that location. Exactly. So here's part of the question: Are you using persistent or non-persistent VMs? So you know, every time I come on, am I starting new? Um, I know that you keep the storage separate from your VM, so that kind of solves part of the problem. But tell me where you are with that. Um, yes, uh, it's, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's, you can call it persistent because in the storage, you keep everything that you need, all your customization, it's all, and all your data, it's always go with you. Um, if, uh, you travel from the U.S. for to Europe, um, you also sync the data, only the data, the storage from U.S. to Europe, and then you have exactly the same device with the same icons, with the same uh, data in it, with the last note you added. Making very, very simple for you to actually commute and move around, meaning that uh, for any employee, you actually continue working from the very position and location that you're stopped at, which means that there is full continuity um, uh, in terms of working on the applications, you continue working exactly at the point that you left off. And how do you handle notifications? Because, look, the light, light blade of your device is knowing when that email, that tweet, um, that approval has to be done. Yes, I tweet from work, but that's beside the point. I'd say approvals, mail, other workflows that actually require notification. How do you guys handle that, and how do you handle that when the person's not logged in? Uh, yeah, so we support also offline no notification. We have some um, very light uh, server that keep receiving the notification from, for all the users. And, and of course, we need to integrate it with uh, the notification that uh, send the server. So it's... it's it, uh, it's a new issue, but we always solve that uh, with email and calendar events. You, we're using Exchange Web Services for that. I don't know. They're pushing the notification for us, and we are pushing it to the clients. 
Um, we're also doing uh, filtering on those notifications because of, of security issue. VMI is currently used by mainly for security. Uh, so in many uh, cases, the, the customer don't want, um, for example, the email message to be part of the notification. So we filter it out and the user only see the, the sender. You see it in the physical device. When you click on that notification, it's open mobile in exactly in the email app. So the, the, in other words, the enterprise can decide what to filter out of a uh, notification if they'd like. Correct. Yes. Okay. So that now you've solved it for mail and calendar. How do you handle other apps? Or is it you have to do it on an app-by-app -app basis? Um, we are um, working on a solution that uh, will not be an app-by-app solution. It will use the same API that current Android. Well, if we, well, two questions on that then. You currently aren't using, you're obviously not Google certified. That's tough to do. It doesn't mean you can't be. Are you working on that? Are you trying to get there? You know, part of Google certification gives you access to the, you know, the Google APIs that you don't get with AOSP, um, Android um, open source program. Uh, yes, we're trying to get some um, um, more uh, cooperation with Google to be a, a more GMS certified and also to solve uh, um, um, to have solution to things like um, like uh, notification, which is in. We're confident that eventually Google will open up, you know, the certification process also for uh, companies developing special mobility applications. As you know, today it's mainly geared, oriented towards vendors, device uh, manufacturers. Uh, from talks and early contacts we have, it seems that they're going the right path. So we're quite confident they're going to open up that process. And yes, we are in contact with them. Okay, so as a user, am I, do I see an Android workspace or can I just get a single app? So do I have the ability to get, let's say, Microsoft Link? It's got an Android app. Do I have the ability to get that from you guys without having to do the whole launch or just you know, more or less a single or two icons that say you know, your client may be in the background? You click here, it's more of a native app experience, or do I have to go through the launcher process? And you can um, talk today versus future. It's up to you guys. Yes, no, even today, um, we can do an icon per app. And we're, and we're actually already doing that uh, in, the, in the local system. And we believe it's more nature to have a separate system so the user will, uh, will not confuse them what are the personal app and what are the corporate apps. But we can do both. And actually, there's some user cases that the customer want um, um, a customized app that's uh, connect uh, directly for it. Uh, is system you can, for example, um, a mobile online banking app okay. for consumer. So it's more B two C, and in that case, the bank wants that the the users will install um, an app which is his um, brand name, which is Icon. It will open uh, a VMI session 
with all the authentication and now it it have access to much more safer um, and banking up uh, and and they have lots of um, other benefits for example they can uh, update those apps without uh, pushing update to the devices and dealing with all those app stores and waiting. so you don't have to worry about the user actually doing the update themselves yeah, when they log in they see it updated um, and that makes a lot of sense you know sometimes getting users to actually click the update button can be a fight so Let's go back to Nubo itself. So Nubo is four years old. Private funding or are you at some form of your series? You know, what are you allowed to disclose, willing to disclose? It's, um, uh, yeah, until now, uh, yeah, it was a private uh, founding. And we are now in process of uh, doing round A. Okay, so you're in the process of doing a round A. Yeah, raise money. So you bootstrapped yourself up to this point. How big are you guys? Uh, fourteen. Okay, so so fourteen people. Are you, what what industries are your first clients in? You know, you don't have to name a client. I wouldn't put you on the spot like that. You're welcome to. I'm not going to say no if you do, but I'm curious what industry. You know, who's taking it up right now? Well, we're we're targeting in general four segments. We see there is a good reception for major market segments: the defense. Uh, government and public entities, banking, health sector, large manufacturers. So in general, large enterprises. Okay. Uh, a lot of uh, demand from uh, finance companies, investment, insurance, utilities. It varies. And well, are, are really your, varies. were your first customers either is in Israel or overseas or or here in the Americas or you know where do you see that pickup coming? Well, we already have one leading uh, customer we're proud of. We uh, actually have very strong collaboration with Motorola. Okay, and we were lucky to get one of the defense customers in Israel that sort of gave the company a very good backwind. Um, it, it targets a large quantity of users in, in the range of thousands, tens of thousands in the next year. But apart from that, in the enterprise market, a lot of interest from the banking sector, insurance companies, utilities, definitely uh, companies that in general, Brian, have not yet made a call on a decision on using MDM or have made a stop actually on implementing MDMs and are now looking at a solution as a replacement for MDMs. Having said that, I think we pointed it out. If not, I should point out that our solution is fully integra- integratable and fully compatible with MDMs, with containers. Yeah, so the perfect lead into the next question. Okay. Do you see yourself as a replacement for that? Or because, you know, if you're doing Android can sets, how do I deploy the apps to you guys? Do I manage inside your virtual machines and that part of it? And, you know, using... Um, you know, you think about it, you start looking at identity, single sign-on, those sorts of pieces going back and forth between the apps. Are you guys complementary? You, you know, where do you guys see yourself on that spectrum? Yeah, um, yeah we, we um, I think we more complete um, MDM. Uh, even that I started uh, Novo, but I think that maybe MDM is uh, too complex. I think MDM is... Um, it's important uh, for many uh, enterprises, and we're not dealing on managing devices. I think managing devices, especially enforcing policies, is important. And also more endpoint security. It's uh, many times needed. And 
So you're, so, compl- see, so you're complimentary. Yeah, we're more complimentary. And we see our benefits is to add much more apps, much easier, much easier to, um, to manage apps. So yeah, it's, it's uh, the best combina- combination of MDM and, and VMI together. Absolutely. Now, because you're VMI, you don't work offline. That's fair to say. Is that the biggest? Uh, I'm going to push this towards you. Is that sure. the, is that the biggest objection you get, or you know, because I'm going to guess it, it starts out as an interesting conversation explaining what VMI is and how it right. relates. So, you know, as director of uh, global sales, kind of curious what you see. Yeah, what you I was also surprised with a good reaction out there because um, I was actually expecting people to actually push that question. What about offline? But Brian, as you know, more and more Wi-Fi are now kicking on planes. Uh, computing moving, of course, the devices. People are less concerned about that. They're more concerned about, again, the ease of use, uh, how they can integrate that with legacy applications, how you can actually use security in a better manner. And as Raul pointed out, the fact that we're complementary to MDMs and we are actually securing content and applications and they're taking care of the device really gives it the benefit or the best of both worlds. So, no, the, the answer is no. Offline is, seems to be uh, a second priority uh, concern. And I'm really surprised with the fact that people are really embracing that in a very positive manner. Excellent. Which sort of leads, and I probably should have asked it earlier when we were talking about the transport protocol, but how do you handle spotty connections? You know, as you switch from 4G to 3G or you walk through a dead zone for a minute or you're in a car, train, whatever, you know, it's not you're really losing, you know, a regular app just makes you wait a sec, you know, but if you're remoting a, de- you know, remoting an app there, how do you guys handle that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's the same. You need to, uh, to wait a second. I mean, does it close the screen? Does it stay up? Does it, you know, when does it time out? Where do you, yeah, what's the user experience, I guess, is the question there. Yeah, the, the user experience that um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's close the screen. Um, usually, uh, and then when the user gets um, the connection again, it's just reconnecting. You see the same screen again. It will not log, log, log him out. Because there is a, a session timeout. Um, the good news is that it's uh, something that it rarely happened that um, and that spotty um, networks. Also, when you move from um, from mobile from three G or four G to um, to Wi Fi, it will just in in a in a second, it's reconnect you to the Wi-Fi. So, okay, not and, a problem. And you can handle that. Yeah. You, okay. You can have that, and you continue with your session. Okay. This is this has been awesome. You know, great learning about Nubo. Um, we're running out of time here, so I want to give you guys a second. Anything? Any final words? Uh, the two of you want to say? Uh, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, Brian. Again, thank you for having us. Pleasure to share with the people out there uh, the challenges with VMI. Uh, Nubu is part of a pack and one of the pioneers, one of the leaders in the field. Uh, we're open up for questions. Looking again uh, forward to the next uh, podcast. Israel. Uh, yes, again, uh, thank you. And um, uh, Nubu also 
is available in the App Store. Just to search one for Nubo. And you also have a demo uh, version in it. You just need to click demo or uh, sign up and you will see. So, so there's a free trial sort of available. Yeah, absolutely. Client yeah. is available in App Store and the Play Store. Just download it, use it, try it out. Feel free to contact us uh, for any free evaluation. And obviously, you can uh, reach Nubo on www.nubosoftware.com. That is so, correct. Thank you, guys. Let's wrap up uh, this fifth episode of the Mobilecast live from Denver here. And um, we'll see you all soon.